My name is Joe Kate. I'm the pastor here. We're so grateful that you joined us today. It's going to be a little different uh, in this space for the next six, seven, eight weeks, maybe nine weeks, maybe ten weeks. Um, we are um, changing the chancel area in order to have more space. The structure of it is going to remain the same, but the organ is going to come over here, and the pews will no longer face one another. They'll face outward, and there will be more pews for more seats for more choir members because the choir keeps growing. We don't know when they're going to start and what they'll tear up first. So I'm just going to start, I'm just going to be down here and get accustomed to being down here uh, and be down here until we're done uh, so that we can figure out the kinks for that. Um, communion in which we normally would have you come and kneel as you're accustomed to and we'd be behind the rail will be much more like um, Christmas Eve communion in which we'll have um, intention on either side and you'll be able to kneel afterwards if you like and then return to your seat. Uh, but I'll make sure you understand that. Every other element uh, should remain about the same. This will be the, where the choir will be. So if you'll note the reserved signs, um, and it may expand or contract um, in the next eight weeks, if you'll just pay attention to those signs. And uh, other than that, we're going to try to keep worship uh, about the same as we possibly can. We, I want to address the um, fire truck in the parking lot. I don't know how many of you saw the fire truck as you were pulling up or saw the fire truck pull up. Uh, one of our members, uh, Miss Ann Hammond, passed out in um, uh, Sunday school. Uh, paramedics are here and our trustees are there and uh, the fire uh, men are there. Uh, so we're going to um, just find out afterwards and, uh, and pray for her as well. Um, but I want to explain what that was. We'd like to frame our announcements in the five practices of fruitful congregations. You'll find those practices in our bulletin uh, as you flip through it. We try to live these out as best we possibly can. We're continuing to get better. The first of which is radical hospitality. And one of our efforts in welcoming uh, newcomers and informing everyone is to have a newsletter. Uh, we have a new newsletter out today. It's in the back. It's got a number of our administrative leaders that have changed over this year. Uh, it's got pictures of things that happened during Christmas and things that are coming up. 
uh, we have prayer cards and visitor cards in your pews. If you want to give us any contact information whatsoever, we'd be happy to have it. We'll contact you in the way that you share with us. Um, if you have a prayer concern and would like to share it with the Tuesday prayer group, you can fill it out in the card and all of that goes in the um, offering plate as it goes by. We have a um, Wednesday dinner coming up every normally first Wednesday. The next couple are on the second Wednesday. Um, Brett Hovis is cooking for us now. He does an amazing job. There's a, this huge grill he has to pull with a truck uh, to get here. You can smell it all over campus all day long on Wednesday. It will be delicious. And our program, we try to have a program after every meal, is our own Don Chetke. He's going to play the piano. Uh, so I encourage you to come. All you have to do is the attendance register comes by is put your name in the um, adult or child and um, you're registered uh, to come. We encourage you to do that and today is the last day to do that. Um, we uh, told you about passionate worship. That was our announcement. Um, we've told you about intentional faith development and I'll have uh, Bob come up. Bob is on our spiritual life council, a newly formed committee looking at our five practices and he will have an announcement about adult Bible studies. Children and youth are back tonight. Adults start uh, as Bob will mention. A young adult church attender recently wrote, and I quote, Not long ago, I had read virtually none of the Bible. Thanks to some early years spent attending church, I was vaguely familiar with stories of the Bible. Then a question started to gnaw at me. How could I make sense of worship services week after week? I didn't have a working knowledge of the basic textbook of Christianity. I suspect that this lack of working knowledge of the Bible is common among many church goers, regardless of age. So starting on January 14, we still, we will have an opportunity to change that by participating in the Winter Spring Sunday Evening Bible Studies. Three series of five Bible studies have the potential not only to change what we know, but how we lived. The Reverend Fred Parker is leading the first study beginning next Sunday at 5.15 in the social hall. It will be a great study of the life and message of the Apostle Paul. I challenge you to get intentional about faith development this year by coming next Sunday evening. Thank you, Bob. We believe in risk-taking mission and service, and we want to say thank you to everyone who brought coats of all sorts of different sizes. Uh, we were able to um, collect those and make sure people got them. Uh, we're grateful for that. Our mission and service team will meet again in February, and we'll have a new idea for us. We thank you for supporting that one. We believe in extravagant generosity, and you'll see a report of um, Consecration Sunday in your bulletin in that section. This is what I want to tell you. In 2017, we collected more than our budget. In 2017, see in many churches I've been in, and in this church in many cases, the staff cut back dramatically, cut some programs, didn't do what they um, ultimately hoped to do, and we made budget with what we received. You, you gave us more than the budget. And the staff was faithful with their end of the budget, which gave us a margin. Is a margin the word? I'm not a finance guy. Um, which gave us a cushion that allows us to live our life and do ministry. And so I'm so very grateful for your generosity. Those that pledged, the unpledged giving was more than we're accustomed to. We're grateful for that. Um, and you see um, the pledge numbers in the bulletin are getting better and better. It means we can do what we hope to do for this church, for you, for this community. And I want to say thank you. Um, let's pray for a moment uh, for Miss Ann and then begin this service. Gracious God, Occasionally we're reminded of the weakness and frailty of our body. And when we experience that or someone around us experiences it, we want to express our gratitude to first responders. And everyone in the medical field that dedicates their life to helping us, to bringing us back, we're grateful for them and the way in which they serve us. Be with Miss Ann, be with those who are helping her, be with her family, and help us, Lord, as a loving church to support her in every way that you would hope.
because you first loved us. In your son's name we pray. Amen. If you'll stand and join me as you're able for number 77, How Great Thou Art. Now join me in the affirmation of faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord 
who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. scripture reading this morning is uh, from the book of Psalm chapter 29. Hear the word of the Lord. Ascribe to the Lord, you heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to God the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The, number, the Lord thunders over the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon leap like a calf, Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord strikes with flashes of lightning. The voice of the Lord shakes the desert. The Lord shakes the desert of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord twists the oaks and strips the forest bare. In his temple all cry glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord is enthroned as king forever. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious God, we often simultaneously declare how powerful you are, how you created us all, and that you have great wisdom. Yet we run when you speak to us. We sometimes ignore you when you instruct us. We sometimes go away in fear when you give us an opportunity. Help us, Lord, as we start a new year, as we're thinking of new ways that we can behave, live, speak, to hear a word today from the book of Jonah of a man that you called to declare your message who experienced everything that humans experience. Help us, Lord, to see your divine call and to see our responsibility in the answering. Inspire us this morning, Lord, as we pray the prayer your Son taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen.
seated. See, we gotta figure these things out. No matter how much you talk about it, same as what happens tomorrow night in the national title game, no matter how much you talk about it, you don't know what's going to happen. So let's go ahead and learn today. Um, I apologize for not mentioning the offering. Just didn't have my head. If you, every time we have um, the plates go by, you can certainly give that way. We also, you can give online uh, with instructions in the bulletin. And if you're new to our church, we certainly don't, you can rely upon the generosity of our members. They're very, as you, as you heard today, they're very generous, um, faithful to our mission. We're reading today from the book of Jonah. Um, we're going to talk about running. I don't know how many of y'all like to run, literally run, um, but even those that don't run every day, we do things in which we run. We do things in which we go the other direction uh, from the thing that is currently threatening us, asking us something, or hurting our feelings, whatever that may be. I want you to think about three particular images from the movie Forrest Gump. Remember when he was just a child and had the braces on his legs? He was trying to overcome um, a birth defect where his legs would not properly work. And so he had to walk in a very difficult way. There were teenage boys in his community uh, chasing him down his long dirt road in a truck. And as he ran from those boys in that truck, the braces he could, actually broke off. They couldn't sustain the way that he was running. When they broke off, he could run all he wanted. He could walk all he wanted. And guess what he wanted to do? Run. He wanted to do a thing he could never do. He was running for his very life. There are different instances in that movie in which he ran. You remember uh, the Vietnam scene? When he is in the woods as a soldier, his lifelong love, Jenny, told him, if you're ever in danger, I want you to what? I want you to run. So when that um, uh, artillery starts coming in, first thing he does is run and gets out of there. But then he thinks about his friends. He runs back. He runs back and he gets a person and throws them on his shoulders and runs out. He runs back, he gets a person, throws them on his shoulders, and he runs out. And um, describing it this morning reminds me of that feeling again that just makes a hair stand up on your arm of that desire and passion and fearlessness to go back into those woods and do what had to be done for the people around him. And there was another time he ran. Heartbroken from that same relationship with Jenny, he just went out of his driveway and started running, didn't he? How far did he run? Across the country. He ran to the other end. How far did he run from there? Back and back he ran and grew this epic beard as he was doing it. And people came along beside him for different parts and decided to run with him as well thinking there was some sort of spiritual part of this, some sort of truly significant element to this running. So it couldn't be any more different. Those different reasons to run. Um, one, to get away from someone who's truly threatening your life. One, to go and help people who are in great harm. And one, to get away from total emotional brokenness. And I'll throw another one in there. You remember when we played for Alabama? Right? They gave him the ball. What they tell him to do? Run. <laughs> Run. And we'll just stop running. Um, I want you to have that in mind as we read our text for today. It's Jonah chapter 1. We're going to read a chapter a week this month. And I think this is a perfect text to consider as we're going into a new year. You can find it on page 1436 in your pew Bible. Um, and if you'd like to read along, if you will um, keep it open because I read different parts. The word of the Lord came to Jonas, Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a boat that was bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. 
go to that great city. What are different reasons why you describe a city as great? Sheer size. No, uh, Jonah would agree that Nineveh was a great city in terms of size. Take three days to walk across it. Fun? Fun city? No. No, Jonah hated Nineveh. Hated them like you might hate your most bitter rival. Hated them like you might hate your most bitter rival if they had beaten you for 20 straight years and let you know about it every day of those 20 straight years. Nineveh was not a fun place to go. They were abusive to Jonah's people. Valuable city? Are you kidding me? No. No, if you, God, are threatening to wipe it off the face of the earth, love it. Nothing better could happen to a group of people than for this city to go away based on your judgment because I hate them. That's the way Jonah feels about the people of Nineveh. Now, it's one thing if Jonah's a person just sitting on a park bench and is asked to do this task, it might be expected of him that he'd go, what? You want me to do what? Jonah's a prophet. Prophets are called to understand, uh, very similar to what I'm called to do, to understand what God is hoping for, to watch humanity closely, and to talk about the gap between the two of them. And to try to close that gap. I mean, you can't close it the whole way. But to try to close it as best as possible by encouraging people with the way God encourages, by admonishing people the way God admonishes, by drawing them together just like a parent would a child. It's his job. And he does not want to do it because he does not like the people. Does that sound familiar? If you ever, in your work life, not wanted to do something for a person or with a person, even though you were compensated to do it? Absolutely. The thing that magnifies this is it's a person of God being asked by God. So it says he paid the fare. I think that's got a double meaning. Number one, he paid what it cost to get on a boat to go away to that foreign land. But he's paying a serious price, as we're going to read, to go the opposite direction. And as you have, might have experienced in your life, not only when you make a decision to go the other direction do you pay a price, sometimes your family pays a price. Sometimes your group pays a price. Sometimes your neighborhood pays a price. Sometimes your family, whomever it be, your workplace pays a price because you went the other direction. Let's read about that in verse 4. Then the Lord sent a great wind upon the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God, and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck, where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, How can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he'll take notice of us and we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, Come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. I stopped at 9 o'clock to say this too, just on a whim. Imagine if you did that in your house. <laughs> Somebody spilled a drink, right? Somebody left something out. Somebody was supposed to take out the trash and didn't. And you say, all right, bring everybody together. It was you. <laughs> it was you. <laughs> That's what they did. They cast lots in that moment to determine who was at fault. And in that moment, they're all crying out to how many gods? However many are on the ship at that moment. However many humans are on that ship. It says they called out to their own gods. He said... You call out to your God too. Maybe, maybe, this will work out. And we're going to try that at home this afternoon. We're going to cast lots. <laughs> I can only get better because it's always me. <laughs> it can only work out. It can only get better. <laughs> Hang in there. They, <laughs> they cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, Tell us who is responsible for making all this trouble for us. What did you do? Where did you come from? Where is your country? From what people are you? 
He answered, I'm a Hebrew and I worship the Lord. Notice this capital. The God of heaven who made the sea and the land. This terrified them. And they asked, what have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher. So they asked him, what should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it's my fault that this great storm has come upon you. I know that it's my fault. You ever had that feeling? You ever had that feeling in the workplace where you know that you were supposed to measure this way and you measured that way? You were supposed to carry this number and you carried that number. I'm just having to make these up. Um, you were supposed to draw this line. and You were supposed to make that phone call because it was your job to make that phone call. You didn't do it. When you have that weight of, I know it's my fault, it's hard to let it go. And in some cases, you're surrounded by loved ones in, in workplace, in church, in home, wherever, that say, you got, you got to let it go. But in some place, you got people that are quick to remind you, yeah, yeah, we know it's your fault. What's wrong with you? You get enough of that and you figure there's no way around it. There's no way to fix it. There's no way to repair it and get better from this point. And you've got that weight. So there's putting your own life at risk. That's your own choice. But who's elf, who else's life did he put at risk? People on the boat who were just sailing somewhere. That's all they were doing. The people of Nineveh who are threatened by their behavior, whom he's supposed to call and speak to, he's going the opposite direction. He's put his own life at risk. He's put the people of his boat, their life at risk. He's put the people of Nineveh in that direction, their life at risk. Because he's throwing a bit of a tantrum and doesn't want to help people that he doesn't like in the first place. Verse 13. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not. For the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried to the Lord, O oh Lord, please do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, O oh Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard. And the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to Him. You notice that? How many gods were they crying out to before? How many gods are they crying out to this moment? One. And they made solemn vows. There's words that we read every week out of this hymnal. Words that we read before communion, words that we read before baptism, words that we read before people join in a church. And in those, we are either making a solemn vow or reaffirming a solemn vow. These guys in that boat, in this crazy storm, made a solemn vow. Did it have anything to do with the man of God who was called to lead people to do that? <laughs> no. No, it was despite him. The Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was inside the fish three days and three nights. So we're going to read the rest of that story as we go on this month. But this is what I have you consider. The men worshipped God and then they promptly tried to row their way out of the problem. Isn't that something? Isn't that about as human as it gets? You ever have a relative offer to help you? And you say, nah, no, I'm, no, I'm good. You have a neighbor offer to help you? No, I, I got it. I got it. I speak from experience. They tried to row themselves out of this storm. Veterans. These aren't rookies on the water. Veterans. Who are frightened by the level of this storm. Then try to row themselves out of it before they give in. They recognize God amongst them. So how much scripture do you think these boys have read before today? 
not a lot, I'm guessing. And I'm guessing it was kind of all over the place, whatever they were reading. And not many people could read in the first place. How much scripture do they th you think they read after this? How much do people who joined a gym go to a gym? <laughs> we struggle, don't we? So where are they getting their scripture today? Jonah. That's it. And God's action amongst them. So I'll ask you. Our bishop of the state of South Carolina was in Greenville yesterday and spoke to pastors and staff. He said, uh, and I've heard this on varying ways before, he said, for most people, you will be the only scripture they ever read. How's that feel? Your actions and your words, the things that you do in this community will be the scripture that a majority of people read. How are we doing? Probably good sometimes. Probably struggle sometimes. You ever offer to grab a buggy for someone in the parking lot and they got a bunch of stuff and they're putting it all in the car and you just take it for them? Simple little thing. Give or give to someone who's in need. Simple little thing. Give to our amazing agencies downtown. Simple. Serve food to those who are hungry. Amazing. We got some stuff on the other end of the spectrum too. And I just have you consider that if you're messengers of God to people in a community who aren't really that aware of God the way these men on this ship were and the way the people of Nineveh are, and you're the scripture they're reading, what do they understand about God? And what could they potentially understand about God? We'll talk about that for the remainder of January. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the wonderful opportunities that you place before us. They might be surprises. They might be in strange places. They might be exactly where we thought they would be you continue to offer. Use us as your instruments, your Lord. Use us as your text in the community that people read. Help us to the best of our ability to be a great example to others that they may turn to you because of us, not despite of us. In your son's name we pray. Amen. If you'll turn with me to page 12 in your hymnal. This is something as United Methodists that we believe, that we practice, that we read. If you're new to us, you certainly don't have to. We, we invite you to join us um, to see how these words feel to say. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. We have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Joyful obedience, the willingness to listen and follow, only comes from a gift of which we were forgiven and given a new opportunity. Joyful obedience is a rare thing. It sounds like an oxymoron. It sounds like jumbo shrimp. Joyful obedience, the willingness and desire to follow, comes from a sense that I'm so grateful to be here. Give us joyful obedience, Lord. Apologizing is a critical part of worship as individuals, as a group. An equal, important part is forgiveness. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. 
acknowledging and being forgiven and offering it. It's such a critical part of what we do. If you'll turn to your left and to your right and say, peace be with you. If you'll continue with me on page 13. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Would those who are helping please come forward. As I briefly mentioned before, um, we're going to serve by intention this morning, but you still have the opportunity to kneel if you would like. I've seen this in a number of services as well. We're going to serve on each corner. We serve by intention, meaning that I'll give you, or uh, uh, Fred will give you a piece of bread. You dip it into the cup and then eat it. After you've been served, you're free to go from our station to any spot there and kneel if you like. You'll see that some people leave money. That money goes to uh, the Good Samaritan Fund, which helps people in our community. Um, you may kneel as long as you like, and then if you'll return by your um, center aisle. We're grateful to see youth are our ushers today. It's fun to have them, and uh, youth will help lead you. Um, Normally, the choir would come and y'all on either side, and we're, gonna do the, we're just going to do that exactly as we would. Um, so if we... Let's, let me stop talking for a minute. <laughs> y'all good there. Well, 
the opportunity to come. That you've given us the elements to serve. That you've sacrificed for us. Lord, help us not to leave this table in this space on this day. But every time we share a table with others, to remember this table. To offer your grace and your mercy because you first offered it to us. Help us, Lord, to be your scripture in this community until people are prepared to read. In your son's name we pray. Amen. If you will stand as you're able for our final hymn. special email uh, about uh, Miss Ann once we know something to make sure uh, as quickly as we possibly can. And if you are, um, if, if you need your envelope for the year, if you'll gather with me, we'll walk over there all in the social hall. We can get that for you um, this Sunday or in the Sundays to come. Go in peace. Y'all can go ahead. <laughs> I'm still talking. Look, hey, see? Hey, hey.
except for this one. Um, go in peace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit go with you all. Amen. Go that way.